M&K Talk YA now presents Winter Part 2 of The Lunar Chronicles by Marissa Mayer. to M&K Talk YA. I'm Marissa Snyder. And I'm Katie Bradford. And this is our Young Adult Fiction Podcast. Woohoo! Yeah! And we're finishing up our first quadrology slash first series in general, but everyone knows I love saying quadrology. I know. I'm so, I'm kind of sad that we're getting towards the end. It's like, I don't know. I feel kind of sad that our first series is over, but I also feel like really proud that we got through the first one. I also could not put it down. I know. Like for an eight for an eight hundred page book, it went really fast. <laughs> I read it in three days. I'm not even kidding you. Yeah. Well, the last the last half I read in three days. But still, yeah, it was. Oh my gosh, so much happened. But before we get into the book, um, just because we've been sharing our podcast creation struggles and journey with our listeners, we both now have spit screens, right? Mm-hmm. Which I didn't even know what that was. But I have one. <laughs> it's so we can pop our P's and say S's without having a lisp. So I think we need to, you know, spell out Mississippi a few times. <laughs> and uh... <laughs> and I can reveal how terrible I am at spelling. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever do that? We used to do it like a, am I crazy letter, crazy letter, I, crazy letter, crazy letter, I, humpback, humpback, I. That's how we used to do it. I have no idea what you just said. <laughs> Instead of S, we would say crazy letter, and then instead of P, we would stay. We would say humpback. Oh, I don't know why we did that. And that helped I, you spell it. <laughs> it was more fun to say. <laughs> I remember from Matilda, they say they had like a rhyme for how to spell Mississippi. Do you remember the rhyme? Mm, something about Mrs. Mrs. S. Miss. Nope, I don't remember it. I but vaguely I, remember this now that you're saying it. I think about it <sighs> from time to time. On the off chance I have to spell half Mississippi. I loved Matilda. That was such a good book. Slash everything by Roland Dahl was like my favorite back then. Oh my gosh, me too. I had all of his books and I read them like over and over compulsively because I loved them so much. What was your favorite? I was just thinking about that. Um, I really liked The Twits, which is like kind of... Have you read that one? I I think I've read them all multiple times. It's like a very little... I don't know. I th- it's not quite as popular as the other ones, but I just thought that the idea of two old people playing tricks on each other was just so hysterical. Of course you did. Of, yeah, naturally. <laughs> and, they're, and they're terrible people too, but I just thought that it was hysterical. How about you? I think I was more traditional. I think I was like, the BFG was probably one of my mm. favorites. Mm-hmm. And I haven't even seen the movie yet because I like have imagined it so much in my head. I'm I don't want someone else's view of it to change mine (laughs) I haven't either just because yeah I'm afraid that it won't live up to how much I love the book although the little girl who they got to play Sophie looks just like I imagined her to look yeah she looks I think and I heard it was really good I think I bet it was well done it's just it's hard to let go of your you know especially at that age like the age I was reading those books is when my imagination was some of its most active I think Mm mm-hmm And I was just starting to kind of discover how you can escape into a book like that. 
Oh, yeah. Agreed. Because especially because his worlds were just so imaginative and so unique. And it was just like, he made it really easy to kind of get into that mindset. He did James and the Giant Peach too, right? Yeah. That was his, yeah. And he, in Fantastic Mr. Fox, which was um, made into a Wes Anderson film, which was really good too. That was probably my <laughs> second favorite one. I don't really remember that one for some reason. I know, I mean, like, I, I can picture the cover of the book, but I don't really remember the story anymore. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, it's about a, it's about a fox family. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. And they're, like, trying to escape from these three mean hunters. Sounds familiar, uh, yeah, I guess. It's pretty good. I also forget that the, um, like, back in the 80s, I think, they came out, they made, like, one of the first movies they made from his books was The Witches with Angelica Houston. And I remember my sister and I watching that movie over and over again and just being terrified by it. But, like, we couldn't stop watching it. It's really... I don't think I've seen that movie. It's I haven't really seen any scary. movies, though. That's kind of the moral of the story. Except Harry Potter. Well, <laughs> if you want to be terrified out of your mind, you should see The Witches that was made, like, 25 years ago. I hope they make some of his other movies into... Or some of his other books into movies. Like, Danny the Champion of the World. I don't know. There's so many good ones. Except part of me doesn't want movies to be out, so when I have kids, they have to read the books instead of, like, going to a sleepover and cheating. Oh, I know. Well, my, my <laughs> sister actually bought, like, the entire Roald Dahl collection for our cousins, and she showed it to me, and I, like, wanted to start crying, because it was so, it was so beautiful. It was just, like, his entire, like, body of works, and I was like, if someone gave this to me, I would cry. Well, it's funny. So, I just um, got a new apartment, and I was loading up my car for my first trip down and my boyfriend was helping me and I was like, okay, so the first thing we should pack is the bookshelves, right? And he goes, no, like, don't you need clothes for <laughs> important documents? <laughs> and I was like, but if, if I don't have bookshelves, I don't have anywhere to put anything. And he goes, all you put on there is books. And I was like, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> These are my most prized possessions. What don't you get about that? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm actually not bringing any of them down in the first load, but I'll be bringing them down this week, I'm sure. <laughs> I had like seven crates just of books when we moved. I don't even think I can count as high as... I, I was just telling you the other story. I lived in this one apartment in Chicago for a few months, and it was kind of too small for me. I was just there temporarily, and I like never set up internet, never set up TV, and I had so many books just like in my hallway that next to my kitchen, it was like a studio that I couldn't open the oven. Oh my God. So I couldn't even cook. I like ate microwave food and like ate out. And just stored your books in the oven. <laughs> Not in the oven, but yeah, oh, next okay. against the oven. I'd be too afraid yeah. someone would turn How it off. you on. know when you have a book addiction? I'm in denial still. I have no idea. <laughs> I think all the signs are there, but that's okay. <laughs> The first step is admitting you have a problem, and I have not made that step yet. <laughs> well, we'll see how that pans out. <laughs> I can't talk. I'm, just, I'm honestly just as bad. Although you gave give me your books sometimes just to get rid of them. Oh. Not even, not even your good books to, like, share the joy of reading. You literally gave me a book once, <laughs> and because you recommended it to me and you've never given me a bad recommendation, I was like, okay, I'm going to start reading it. I didn't know we were going to bring this up. And like a third of the way, a third of the way through, I was like, this book is terrible. But Marissa recommended it, so it's got to get better. So I read the entire thing and it never got and better. I think there were pages missing from it too, because I got it at a used bookstore and there was like, there were. It was like, it went from one, 130 to like 146. There was like a whole chunk of pages ripped out. And part of me was upset about it. And the other part of me was like, good, that's 16 pages I didn't waste my time reading. <laughs> 
In my defense, I was under the influence of some alcohol that night. And I. <laughs> and and when that happens, every book is my favorite book. But that was a really terrible book, and I, I'm sorry. Well, also in your defense, I will take any book. The thing is, you could have just told me it was a terrible book, and I still would have taken it and maybe read it. But at least I wouldn't. <laughs> a third of the way through, I might have been like, okay, at least this doesn't make me question Marissa's, you know. It was a terrible book. I don't even want to say the name of the book because I don't want to like malign this book, but it was the worst book in the entire world. And honestly, I think that was like one of the meanest things I've ever done. (laughs) I think it was too. I really thought you didn't like me. (laughs) I feel really bad. Please forgive. (laughs) We got past it. And now I know what to do to my future enemies. Just give them that book. I'm going to buy them that book. (laughs) Oh, you just give them my copy because I mean, the missing page is really, I mean... That <laughs> kind of key. seals the deal. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> uh, but I gave you a lot of other good books, too, to make up for it. No, you have. You've redeemed okay. yourself. And I've told you since, again, if you want to get rid of books, you can still give them to me. Just don't tell me they're good. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you an honest review before I send them. I love that. Perfect. Oh, man. So speaking of books, mm. shall, we get, shall we get into it? Um, yeah, we can. Although, Yeah. Yeah, no, we can't. <laughs> no, do you have other news? You have other news, don't you? I kind of do. Um, did you hear about the Hunger Games that's happening in Russia? It's it's it has something to do with the young adult books because it's the Hunger Games. But did you hear about this? Like a movie? It's like it's no. like a reality TV show that's happening in Russia, and it's called what? I'm not even kidding you. It is like a real life Hunger Games, and it's called Game Two Winter. I don't know what Game One was, but it's being held in Siberia. And there's 15 men and 15 women who have to survive from July 1st to April 1st. So nine months in the Siberian winter. And they said that they're not going to intervene to break up any fights or provide medical attention unless, um, I guess, every player will have like a panic button. And if they hit it, they will have help come, but then they won't be able to return to the game. So are these all Russians who are doing no. it? How do they pick it's these people? It's people from all around the world. Like... Like, anyone could have applied to do it. Is there a prize? Here's the thing. Like, why would... There's... So it costs $100,000 to enter, to enter into it. And then if you win, you only get, like, a million, but you have to split it with everyone who survives. So you're really incentivized to literally kill people. Well, okay. So originally they said anything goes. They were like, murder, assault, battery, whatever. Like, do whatever it takes to survive. But then they've since pulled back and said... Um, they won't step in to, um, help if something like that happens, but they also... You're still subject to the law? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Okay. Good. I mean, not good. I mean, I, I don't even, part of me is so excited. (laughs) Is that bad? (laughs) And the other part of me is so disturbed. (laughs) I know. I was like, would I watch that? And then I I had like maybe 30 seconds where I was like, oh, I don't want to support something like that. And then after like 30 seconds of thinking about it, I was like, yeah, of course I'd watch that. Who am I kidding? I mean, it's a little bit better than the Hunger Games because these people are volunteering. <laughs> They've all volunteered tribute. tribute. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But, like, they also had to undergo, like, a psych evaluation to make sure they were mentally sane. And the first thing I thought of was, like, none of them are mentally sane. No. Like, if you want to do this... That's the first question. Like, oh, do you want to do this game? Okay, you're not mentally sane. Would you go to the Siberian wilderness for 10 months and try to survive? Yes? Okay, you're you're disqualified. <laughs> Sorry, you're cut. Yeah, and like, it's freezing there. and There's bears and there's wolves. And they said that they'll have a ground force, but there's no guarantee that, like, they won't have, 
people everywhere, so there's no guarantee they'll get to you in time. Which oh is, my goodness. I know. And the, this is... I'm really intrigued, though. Wait, I just heard about this other new show. This isn't really related. This isn't based on a book. But just reality TV has gotten so crazy. <laughs> but I just finished season one, and it's like these pairs of people. So, you know, it's like couples or siblings or friends or whatever. And they're trying to hide from, like, this team of, like, FBI and police hmm. officer, like, retired or what I mean, you know, like people with the skills, they're not actually in the FBI anymore. But okay. um, so like the, that team is hunting them and then the pairs are trying to like hide. And if they make it like a month or something, <laughs> they get money. But it was like, I just watched like 20 minutes of one episode and I was fascinated. <laughs> How do they hide? So, I mean, they just try and go off the grid and stuff. Oh, and, and like not use their know, credit cards? Yeah. And so, and I was watching like near the end where there were like three couples left or three pairs left and you know someone called their sister which part of me was like are you kidding me <laughs> of course they're gonna track your sister's cell phone but it was, I mean it's just really kind of fascinating all the stuff that people do and then like the people who would lie for them and like random strangers but then also random strangers or good friends who would totally stab them in the back for like a thousand dollars or whatever I don't know it was just kind of interesting and then it made me think who would I call to protect me if I was on the run from fake FBI agents. I mean, you know how bad I am at keeping secrets, so I don't know if I'd be top of your list. I might have to, like, give you false information, like Marissa. Oh, that's a really good idea. That's a really good idea. I don't think... I think I would be really bad at that game. I think I would, too. I think I would... I would prefer to be one of the FBI agents. Like, I think it'd be really fun to try to find those people. Oh, my gosh. Me, too. I can practice my detective skills. Yeah. Suspicious behavior. Uh, oh, wait, what was it that you wrote when uh, Scarlett's dad died? Suspect foul play. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed about that. I'm so proud of you. But, oh, you know what, though? We, we can participate in the Russian Hunger Games if we want to because anyone can act as a sponsor and you can give gifts to people oh, to help them survive. We, ha- we have to do that. I will absolutely be a sponsor. I will send them, I don't know, a bear, bear spray. <laughs> what else? Have you ever used need? bear spray? No. I don't, I've never held it or used it ever. So I spent three weeks in the Alaskan Outback, and the first day, all we did was practice using bear spray safely. <laughs> just spraying it and having the wind blow it back in your face. Well, we didn't actually even spray it. We just had to, like, practice, like, if, like, pretend this is a bear, like, make sure that it's facing, you know, like, all the things you have to do and, like... Approach the bear. Oh, so there's different types of bears, right? And you're supposed to approach them differently or avoid them differently. Oh, yeah. Black attack, brown, get down. Exactly. Grizzly. Dude, there's nothing. Hope you had a nice life. But of course, it's not based on the actual color of the bear because black bears or brown bears can be pretty much any color under the rainbow from what I can tell. Oh, great. But it's like the species. So it's actually like if the bear has smaller ears than the other bear. Oh, right, because that's helpful. <laughs> then it's a black bear or whatever. Ooh, it's you know? time to analyze ear shape when you're running from a bear. Luckily, I didn't run into any bears while I was there. Oh, thank God. Well, now if anyone's, you know, doing the Winter Hunger Games and is listening to this podcast, they'll be so prepared. I should just send a letter that says, if it's a black bear, attack. If it's a brown bear, get down. Oh, my God, that will be your sponsored gift. <laughs> like, you'll send... <laughs> Maybe we can. he'll send that rhyme like in a parachute to someone. You know how pissed off I'd be if I got that if I was starving and that's what I got. 
<laughs> Maybe we can turn it into a song. We can ask um, our uh, musical friend to help me make it into a catchy song so they don't forget. Yeah, I don't think Timothy has anything better to do. <laughs> and we can send an, I- an iPod. <laughs> maybe there's something else. Maybe some bread. Yeah, maybe we'll know. just have our own spinoff Hunger Games and, and, you know, do it our way. On The Sims. Can we do Hunger Games? <laughs> Sims style. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Now we really do have to talk about the book. <laughs> okay, I think the reason I don't want to talk about it is because I don't want it to be over. I know, I know. But then we still have two, we still have like three things of short stories to read though, so. I know, but you know how fast those are going to go? I know. But then we get to start the next series. That's true. Um, <sighs> okay. Do you want to hear something really funny that is related to the book? Yes. So I was um, doing some more research about Snow White, and I found out that <laughs> the Seven Dwarfs were originally named something completely different than what they were called in the Disney version. Okay, what were they? And the original names were from a Broadway play. That was the first time Snow White was performed. And the Seven Dwarfs were named <laughs> Blick, Flick, Glick, Snick, Plick, Wick, and Quee. <laughs> and Quee? Quee. Quee. And I read that and like, was laughing hysterically on the subway because I thought that was just so ridiculous. That sounds like something an eight-year-old would make up. So even though we didn't encounter any seven dwarves by the end of winter... I was a little bit disappointed about that. I kind of wanted there to be some dwarves. Uh, I know. Because they're one of my favorite things in the movie. Be a Disney movie. I, you know, I hate that Disney movie. (laughs) It's one of my least favorite Disney movies, but they're one of my favorite things in the movie. I like that. Hi ho, hi ho. I like that song. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but okay. There were, even though there were no seven dwarves, there were still a lot of other parallels that came into play as we were reading it. That's Um, true. I was really actually happy about Winter and Lavana's interaction. Yes, because it was really cool that she did the whole disguising thing. Well, she finds out that Jason did not, in fact, kill Winter. And I liked that she poisoned her with the sour apple petite and gave her leptimosis, the plague, because it was like those two things had already been introduced. And so it like it fit really well. It wasn't like she just poisoned her. She was like, oh, no, I gave her the plague that has been that we've been talking about since book one. So it was like. It was really and tied so accelerated well. for the lunar, so it was like a really yeah. big deal. I know, yeah. especially because she was the one, you know, like that was nothing terrible did happen to her ultimately in terms of her dying there. But if something had, that would have really upset the revolution. It was an actually really good political move on Lavana's part too to give everyone the plague. Yeah, it was kind of like what I wanted them to do to Lavana. She kind of did to everyone else because, like, yeah, if you take them all out with the plague, you gotta. Re- I mean. You gotta respect a little bit her devotion to um, her evil power grab. Yeah, and like, like she'll she's, do anything. She's to smart win. about it. Again, I just I still want to know more about her. I think it was. I feel like we did learn a lot more about her, but I'm excited. Ferris is um, what a prequel about Lavana, right? I'm excited to read that. I one. know because that whole scene with when Cinder reveals her glamour and she has burn scars. Yeah, and then you find out Cinder's mom was the one who did that. That was like. 
I mean, that was a huge revelation. And and Cinder's mom was her sister. Yeah. I mean, this... Yeah. Like, it sounds like she had a very messed up childhood, to say the least. Absolutely. Like, she was a victim before anyone else, really. Although, at the same time, I can't imagine if anything had happened to you that you were so self-conscious about, too, the burn marks, that you would Mm -hmm. ever burn anyone else. Like, she tried to... That's what she did to Cinder. I know, and her justification was, I didn't think you'd survive, that's, which is, like, no justification at all. Yeah, that doesn't mean, that's not even a reason. I know. I really want to see, I hope the Levana prequel, Ferris, covers Queen Shannery, Cinder's mom, because I really want to see, like, who she was, because I say she was even worse than Levana in terms of being evil. Which is um, also interesting, because it's, then why would people want Cinder? Her daughter. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I know also, I'm curious if we ever find out who Cinder's dad is and what he was like. Oh, because good, maybe, good point. maybe like he, you know, in the fairy tale world, like saved her from herself or something. And I don't know. Saved Lavana from herself? No, Ch- Channery. Oh. Sorry, I don't mean Lavana's dad. I meant Cinder's dad. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, if she was yeah, like an yeah. evil person and then like fell in love and became bitter and had a kid, or if she was always evil. <laughs> I know. I really, I really want to know more about that. And I hope we see more of, like, Lavana and her sister interacting together. Just, because it seems like that's the root of her hatred towards Celine, or towards, yeah, towards Celine, towards Cinder. And honestly, it was interesting how she said, like, everything I did, I did for the good of my people. Like, in her head, she believes that she's doing what's right for her people, and she's saying that she's, like, putting her people before everything else. So, like, how do you get that misguided? And how do you still, like, cling to that belief? Well, I kind of see that already. I mean, I saw that a little bit. I don't think I would have been able to put it into those words. But it did feel like she was trying to control everything because she thought it was the right thing to do to some extent. You, know, I mean, like, she thought humans yeah. were beneath her. And she thought, um, what are they called? Shells were unworthy. Like, she thought these other things didn't count, which I think was part of the problem. But yeah. I do feel like she, you know, tried to make, I don't know. A bad situation better. Like, we don't know what Queen Channery's rule was like. We don't know what the kingdom was like under her. So maybe, I don't know, like, when she took over, she probably initially thought she was trying to undo her sister's work or trying to make it better. At least that's what it sounds like. Well, even, I mean, it's not good from a human perspective, but even a lot of the things she did with keeping, you know, the sectors separate and not encouraging communication and all that stuff it was really like probably economically made a lot of sense right that sounds bad but I mean no but it also it also curbs revolution too yeah if there's no communication I mean yeah and there were a lot of reasons why it wasn't a good thing to do but I mean kind of from a misguided leader perspective it's not like she I don't think she was trying to make the world worse for everyone I think she was trying to get things to happen in a way that made sense to her probably in her like I don't know. Maybe it's a little bit like, let them eat cake, you know, or whatever, but. I don't know. <clears throat> but I, I, really... I agree. I, I, w- I want to hear more about her. I don't know if I'll ever um, like or respect her, but I still am very curious about her. I mean, <laughs> I don't think I'll ever like her either just because of how terrible, like, even in this book, she just reveals so much of how evil she is. Like, when, <clears throat> I think it's um, when they capture Cinder. Um, and then she's on trial and she wants her punishment to be dismemberment. Werewolf trial. <laughs> and she wants her stepmother to <laughs> yeah. do it. Like, it's, 
she's just knows her evil like knows no limits but it makes you think that she never really had anyone look out for her or teach her any of that like humanity side or the love side or you know if if her sister was so terrible to her and you would think her sister should be you know i mean i know you have a sister i have two sisters like you know they're your best friends ally against the world i can't imagine having i can't imagine having a yeah, having a family member do that to you, no way. And to not have anything, like, it doesn't sound like she had a different friend or a, you know, I don't know. Which doesn't really excuse Anyone close it, to, but it's like, yeah. if she never learned the difference between good and evil? It's kind of like in Beauty and the Beast, you know, in the Beast, when we find out that, like, he did, no, yeah, and no, that no one um had, like, really helped him learn that stuff. Oh, yeah. And, like, no one intervened to say, hey, yeah. this is wrong, so if you he, need to be kind. I don't know. But then at the same time, she never gets that redeeming, she never gets the opportunity, she never has someone, I don't know. Like, I was kind of hoping with her fight with Cinder that she would have a um, change of heart or some, something would change, or she you'd see a little bit more of huma- mm-hmm. her humanity, but you never really do at all. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, she just stabs her in the heart. Yeah, I guess that's literally the opposite of... <laughs> I, like, screamed when that happened. When well, I didn't scream, but I, like, was so shocked when that happened because I immediately thought Cinder had died. Because it wasn't even like she stabbed her in the chest. It was like she stabbed her in the heart. And I was like, yeah. well, you don't come back from that. Well, and, you know, my secret part where I'm like, I kind of don't want everyone to live happily ever after till the end of their days. But I'm also glad that she was okay. But it's also but, completely mean, unrealistic that with all that yeah, stuff that sense. happened in that room and whatnot, that everyone was fine. <laughs> I was like, oh, she just happened to stab her in the prosthetic part of her heart. And so that, you know, obviously makes it all fine. But there were a lot of close calls. There were. But it was kind of funny. It kind of reminded me a little bit, though, of um, the Snow White story, too, and how the queen, like, did a 98% job multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. She just can't bring her down. Oh, and then, yeah, because when she, like, jumps off the balcony after the wedding. Oh, yeah. Like, she, <laughs> I thought she was going to die then, too. Well, I didn't think she'd recover as well as she did. I know. I mean, she did require a lot of rework on her system, but... And did you get that when Jason revived her? It was kind of like the prince when he kisses Snow White at the end. I mean, it was like mouth-to-mouth resuscitation, but it it was like CPR, but it kind of was like, oh, and the, the prince revives her with a kiss. I don't know. That was like an interesting yeah, time, that I thought. Nice. But yeah, I did not think everyone was going to recover, especially when Thorn stabs Cress in the stomach. Oh my goodness. I also just wanted to be like, I don't want any of my human friends around while I'm battling an evil psycho queen. Like what are people there? I feel like there were too many times when these people who couldn't really help at all would put themselves in danger and then just be either weapons or targets or like, I mean, I kind of get it, but that's also why I wanted Scarlet to have something else helpful. (laughs) Oh, she was not helpful at all. She was just, like, running around with that axe shouting, like, get away from me, get away from me. <laughs> she was the least helpful person. You know what that, just hear, hearing you say that, that reminds me of in, like, um, what is it, uh, Super Smash Brothers, when you get that, like, one hammer thing, and when you get it, you just, like, go around hammering, and you can't really jump or anything. For you go on, like, a rampage. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty much Scarlet. <laughs> And I felt so bad for Thorn because it's like, uh, not only did he stab someone by being controlled, but he stabbed the person he loves the most. Like, that broke my heart. Yeah. Although, it, it that was like as close as we got to what I wanted of like, you know, 
we needed some of that, some like actual consequences or, or whatever. Yeah, that's true. But there wasn't. I mean, she made a full recovery too, somehow yeah. miraculously. I guess Thorne lost a couple fingers. I mean, but, but he still has to live with the fact that he stabbed her. <laughs> he honestly seemed pretty much okay with it though, which I kind of appreciated. Like he was like, no, I know it wasn't my fault. Like there's nothing I could have done. And it's true. And I and I guess once you've been controlled like that, like, and especially once everyone's been controlled, like, you know, when you've seen it enough, like maybe the first mm-hmm. time you're like, what the hell? How could you not stop yourself? But then... No, I think they get After it. everything they've seen, they all have to kind of buy into that. Yeah. The only person that I felt really bad for that didn't make a full recovery was um, Wolf. I felt I didn't like that part at all. You mean that he's still, he's more um, animalistic even than before? Yeah, the fact that they, like, captured him and, like, surgically altered him without yeah. asking. I don't know. Like, they just did that to make him more of a killer and, like, make him more wolf-like. And I just thought that was really disturbing. Like, waking well, up and, like, you have teeth and you look like a wolf and, like, having that done to you and, like, mm, that really bothered me. Yeah, especially because it was such a big deal to him, too. Like, you know, he was so, like, not, I mean, obviously it was a big deal, but um, it seemed like such a thing he had been trying to avoid for so long. Yeah, and then it was like his worst nightmare happened, and I just can't Mm. imagine, like, I mean, at least, like, I like that Scarlet was, like, didn't even, it wasn't, didn't phase her at all. She was like, no, like, I still want to be with you, I'm, you're still mine, I'm still yours, it's fine, but, and then it couldn't be unaltered, like, that was... You know, that was really sad. Yeah, which is also crazy, though. Yeah, if all this other stuff can happen, why can't you just do a reverse surgery? I guess, well, this is going back um, a bit, but his mom did die. Yeah, that's the other thing. So there was one kind of good person that we really liked who did pass away. (laughs) Yeah, and that was sad because she... It was sad, but it was was also really good. I mean, like, it was really, I thought, a strong... It was a well-placed motivating you know what I mean like I felt like it helped propel us forward too yeah and it did give you an element of like of loss which I think is important to like any book especially since like Wolf had just been reunited with his mom and then she was so helpful in like harboring them and then she had to kind of play yeah and I guess technically you know Dr. Um, Erland also kind of a similar thing when you think about it because he had just been reunited with Cress and she hadn't even been able to process any of that yet, and he passed away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, so I guess we've, we have had a little bit of heartbreak and whatnot. Yeah, and I guess... Sorry, my dog came in and she got tangled in the cords. <laughs> Take a picture of that oh for Instagram Oh my god, Instagram her like, little legs were just... Okay, she's fine now. <laughs> oh that's what you get for coming in when mom's working. Ask me about Banjo. <laughs> about Banjo, who gets tangled in podcasting cords. Oh, dear. Okay, that's better. Yes, and I thought, um, I guess, like, Winter, too, was kind of a casualty because she kind of lost, I mean, she loses her mind a little bit. She was already a little crazy, but I love the part where she uses her yeah. gift to save um, Jason and to kill Amory. Yeah. Yeah, that was a really powerful scene too, I thought, because especially before Jason got there, she was just going to let, you know. That's what bothered me. Like, she was willing to save Jason and to use her gift to save Jason, but she wasn't willing to use her gift to save herself, and that bothered me. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's kind of a weird, especially because even if you think about it in terms of, like, she knew that Jason was pretty much devoted to her, so if she died, 
she was still hurting him. So even yeah. if she had put it in those terms and that was it why like yeah. he was gonna be okay if she had And again and she didn't necessarily have to go all cinder on the roof and make him crazy or something. She could have literally just stopped him from killing her if that was all she wanted to do. Yeah, and also like I don't like that she used Scarlet to kill him. Yeah. Like, if you're gonna, I don't know, it was like, if you're gonna kill him, like, kill him by your own hands. Don't, like, manipulate Scarlet into stabbing him nine times in the chest, or however, like, however many times she's, like, went crazy on him. I don't know. Yeah, making, especially someone who's your friend. Like, mm-hmm. it's not even just, like, another good guy that we know. It's like, they were actually really good friends. Yeah. And that's, like, a traumatic thing for Scarlet to have to experience not just the control, but then also, like... The trauma of killing someone. Exactly. Yeah. So viciously. I know. Yeah. I, yeah. I didn't like that. That was the other kind of interesting part always was, you know, how Cinder starts to learn. She can control wolves. She could, like, protect their mind without controlling their actions. So she could, like, take over without taking over. Yeah. To some extent. She could, like... That was kind of cool. Yeah. She, like, fed them thoughts and images that were really disturbing but allowed them to like still use their body to the best of their ability because she was like i can't control wolf to the point where like i can give him the reflexes that he has naturally so it's like better just to let him do what he does and then i guess yeah and then also knowing that if she wasn't controlling him he could be a weapon used against them so kind of figuring out that balance of giving him some of that independence but Mm -hmm. yeah i thought that was kind of a cool evolution of her kind of understanding her power more and finding a more moral way of applying it. Yeah, and and also just, like, learning more about how the bioelectricity works and how you can control people. Like, I, I loved how you could only... Like, you had to get there first, essentially. If you wanted to control someone, you had to occupy their... or capture their bioelectricity before anyone else because once it did, like, only one person could be occupying their brain. And yeah. so I loved how it was, like, a power play between, like, who can get to who first to control them. Yeah, and I like that, too. That was... It was kind of like a chess game or like a, I don't know, it kind of reminded me of like a board game or something. Yeah, kind of, because it's like... Or, you know, like Risk, where you're like, these are my territories or whatever, like, I don't know. Yeah, and it only extends so far, like, you can only control the people immediately around you. I don't know, it was, I liked that there was more to it than just like, oh, I can control people. Like, there were limitations, and I really liked that. (laughs) Overall, I I, I loved it. I also really loved, you know how I feel about royal weddings, and I was really (laughs) glad we got to see another one, but okay, the royal wedding was another part where I was laughing out loud because at first I was really nervous because I thought, of course, they're not going to get married. Kai's not going to marry Lavana. like, Cinder's going to step in and save the day, and then it kept getting closer and closer to, like, the marriage part, and I was like, oh my god, this is actually going to happen, and then I just lost it when... (laughs) Kai just tries to stab her with a pair of scissors. Oh yeah, that was so funny. (laughs) It reminded me of like, I don't know if you ever read these online where people share the moment they knew the marriage was doomed. And it's like, (laughs) well, at the wedding, the, you know, groom made out with one of the bridesmaids or like, oh, the bride got really drunk. And this one, it was like, she tried to tried to stab the bride at the altar although in some ways i never even understood why lavana didn't control him all the time more because it's not like she wanted him to actually like her like she didn't care at all didn't she i don't mm, i think she kind of might have wanted him to secretly really i mean i think to some extent she needed like earth to believe he wasn't being controlled while he did it but i also think I don't think she wanted him to like her. I mean, no more than she just, like, in general wants to be liked. And 
I think that's I think it, she wanted I think him, she wants people to like her. I think she wanted him to think she was powerful and be and respect that more than she cared if he like had any romantic or whatever feelings for her. And maybe it was just show because I remember when she was like, "How about if you call me my sun and stars or whatever?" And that's from Game of Thrones. And she was like, and I'll call you my sweetness or whatever. Yeah. Because, like, she was still, like, trying to be cute about it. I don't know. Which also just makes me want to know more about her before as well. Yeah. I agree. But I was, like, I was shocked at, like, how far they went with she became queen. Or she became his wife. And then she became queen. Like, I thought the coronation wasn't going to happen. I thought Cinder was going to step in and save that, too. And then... All of a sudden, it's like, oh my gosh, okay, she is his wife, she is empress, and then at that point, I was like, well, she just has to be taken out. Like, there's no other way to stop this. Yeah, there's no more political moves. <laughs> Mm-mm. There's only one way this can end now for it to still have a happy ending. Although, I wonder what would have happened if the fight hadn't happened on Luna. I wonder if she'd even been given a chance to be an empress on Earth, how Earth would have really dealt with that. Because she couldn't really control Earthens like that many of them, right? No, she controlled that like that entire crowd of people that were around her balcony, the earthen balcony, remember? Like at the very beginning. That's true, yeah. So I don't I don't I'm kind well, of I mean, I mean it would have been interesting because they could never get close to her, but they could I don't think she could make like all of New Beijing happy with her ruling. You know what I mean? But it's like they no. couldn't they couldn't like storm the gates and get anywhere near her to protest. But I don't, it kinda of would have been interesting to see that play out that I think she would have done what she did on Luna. Like, she would have made it impossible for them to... She would have divided the city. She would have made it impossible for them to talk to each other. I think it just would have been exactly as Luna, but on a larger scale. I just feel like it would have been... Obviously, she had some advantage in terms of being able to control people's minds. But I, I still don't even know if she, And also the terror of the soldiers and whatnot. I guess that would have That's really true. helped. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that would definitely help. Oh, man. I'm surprised you haven't um, talked about the big crest thorn moment yeah where (laughs) skip that part (laughs) i did like that they finally overcame their i like that they finally admitted to each other that they cared about each other even though it was at the worst possible moment because it was like right when they infiltrated the palace and like were at their most vulnerable and they were like let's just have a quick makeout sesh (laughs) before i hack into the system although i kind of feel like everyone's been doing that like all the relationships are kind of like there's never been with all these relationships, there's moment. never really a good time. Everything's, like, happening That's all true. the time. And they're, half the time, all the couples are separated or whatever. They gotta, yeah. they gotta take what they can get. That's true. But, and I, oh, man, and also, like, I, the way it ended with Kai being, asking Cinder, like, I know you don't want to be queen, but could you consider yourself being empress? Like, I wanted more. I wanted to see what happened. I felt like it was kind of a cliffhanger a little bit. Cause... But also, they still have so much to, like, kind of figure out. <laughs> I know. I, I mean, I think it's a great step that she immediately decided to dissolve the lunar monarchy. Like, I thought that was a really good move. Especially because we had already seen a little bit of her... She's really not... She's still not really super comfortable with any of this stuff that's happening to her. Like, she agrees right. that Lavana had to go, but she's... It's not like she wants to... Rule. Rule, yeah. Or that she even necessarily wants to live on Luna. I know. I mean, she has to for at least a little bit, right? I mean, she cares about it, like, not falling apart. Yeah. And I think she's, like, as the book progressed, she became um, 
kind of excited about the idea of having people that she could help. Yeah. You know? Like I think, was, and I think that's true. I think she wants to, like, make influence positively. And I'm not saying she's going to, like, leave Luna tomorrow, but I also just, I don't get the sense that it's, like, I don't even feel like she feels like it's necessarily home the same way. No, I mean, how could you? Yeah. She, like, yeah. just went there. Ugh, but part of me was, like, um, I, I did think it was a good move to dissolve the monarchy, but part of me was, like, we just read four books where you're fighting to be queen, and as soon as you're queen, you abdicate the throne. <laughs> but I well, it's also like, is she is it even stable enough to abdicate the throne? No, <laughs> I think she has to do a lot of work. Yeah, to like set up a government, but it is a good move. But yeah, I just I want ten years Another later, royal or like wedding. five years later. <laughs> well, obviously, can there ever be too just, many? Just royal weddings all over the place. <laughs> Yeah, I just wanted to see, like, a five years later, like, epilogue, just to, like, see where everyone was, because I felt like it just ended, and I still have so many questions. Do you think in one of the future stories that everyone will still be in their happy couples, or do you think then we'll, like, oh. find out that, like, you know, Cress and Thorne actually drove each other crazy, or, like, Kai that would and be funny. Cinder have political differences they can't overcome? <laughs> <laughs> maybe. I mean, we do have the short story, so maybe something like that will happen there. I mean, they're better because Eco still doesn't have a love interest, and you know we're counting on that. Also, so maybe, doesn't yeah. she kind of? Mm, well, no. I don't know if it's a love interest, but what about that um, that one guard? I thought she hated I know, him. No, but does she hate him or does she hate him? Oh, maybe. I don't know. I kind of got the sense that there it was like some flirtatious like. Oh, that they were like working on pairing them together. Yeah, I mean, obviously it didn't get that far, but I kind of felt like there was a little bit of something there. Because even, you know, it was like they, like even at the end when they're, you know, wasn't that when Cinder was giving her all the dresses or something? Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like there was a moment with that guy too. What was his name again? Why can't I think of his name? Kinney? Yeah, that's why I can't think of Queesh. it because I can't say it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll have to see. I hope maybe, yeah, maybe some of these questions will be answered in the short stories. Should we read those? Oh, uh, should we read Stars Above Next? Because those are the... Yeah, let's do that. I'm excited for that one. Okay. The short stories. How are my S's sounding? <laughs> Mississippi. Fan- <laughs> fantastic. Artesia. Su- su- superfluous? No, that's not the right word. Superb. Isn't that the name of isn't that the name of the lunar city? Artismedia? I made that up maybe. No, I think that I think that's it. Add that to the list of words we can't pronounce. <laughs> can we can we just Record an episode with lots of S's and well, I guess a lot of these names yeah. have some like Scarlet and Cress. And I'm so glad we got these spit guards after we're done reading it. <laughs> we'll have to pick a series based off the number of S's and P's in the title next. Okay, done. I'm just kidding. Star All stars right, above. So we're gonna read good. stars above is close enough. We're gonna read that next. Um, we're gonna read the whole thing. So next episode. Yeah, because I think um, it's all separate short stories, so it's not like yeah. yeah. We don't need to break it up, I don't think. And it's not that long. Yeah. So we'll do one episode on Stars Above next week, and then maybe the week after we can do Lavana's story, which I think is called Fairest. Mm-hmm. And then, um, oh, it'd be good if we could read the, um, the graphic novel, too, that just came out, Wires oh, and yeah. Nerves. I, need to, I still need to buy it. I, I could also rip out a few pages and then send it your way. After <laughs> <I'm done. laughs> don't deface books. You know, I don't even, I like, I'm weird. I like, don't like to break the spine of my books when I'm reading. So I look like a loser. I like barely open the pages and then I lend it to people and I'm like, ooh, careful. Do you have to like open it just slightly so you can like barely read inside of it? Exactly. Because I don't want to break the spine. So as long as I can technically read it, I don't need it wide open. <laughs>
I love you, Katie. <laughs> Someday, I'm going to have a library like Belle, and all the books will have perfect spines. All of my books are on the floor right now, because we don't have bookshelves yet. And the day we get them is going to be the best day of my life, because I'm going to spend all day just categorizing them by author's last name and by genre. All I like did when I was looking at apartments was look at how many bookshelves I could fit on each wall. <laughs> and my the apartment I just got, it has like a little bit of a hallway kind of between, it's a two bedroom, two bath. So between the second bedroom and the second bath, like the non-master side. And I was just like, this will be perfect for a bookshelf. And someone was like, you can't fit anything there. <laughs> like it's, it's just, I'm like, you can you fit a bookshelf the, anywhere. You'd be surprised. Next to the you oven. You should get the walls that have like, shelves built into them so you can just have uh, books in your walls and all of every corner of your walls yeah no that sounds ideal (sighs) is that about it i think that's about it i I don't know i mean i could i could keep saying things i feel like we could have talked about like every five chapters if we really like a lot happened but it's hard once you know the ending to go back and be like oh what do you think i know it is hard (laughs) i do like seeing like the glamours that the lunars used i kind of wished we had had more of that like one guy looked like he had a snow leopard across his neck it kind of reminded me of the hunger games in the Mm -hmm. capital yeah when because like thorn could see the glamours but crest couldn't and so she was like yeah one of the girls you were flirting with was actually a guy and instead of a snow leopard it was just a piece of fabric that would be so interesting to be a shell because cinder could see through glamours but she could see the glamour right but yeah yeah the shell you don't even know what they're trying to show you so how do you even like fake it well enough i know i have no idea although i did like her butterfly costume i thought that sounded cool yeah it did but like how would you know if you're a lunar what you're look if what you're looking at is true like i guess you just have to get over it really quickly I wonder if that would help okay with, with appearances or make it work. You know, like, knowing that people aren't necessarily what they claim to look like, would that make it... Oh, would you... like, would that give you more self-confidence or less, knowing that, like, yeah. we're all faking it, so it doesn't matter? Yeah, I have no idea. But it did, it did feel like they were still very appearance-focused, even though they were That's fake true. appearances. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder how... <laughs> Beauty standards on Luna. We could write a whole <laughs> thesis on that. <laughs> I hope someone does write a thesis on that. I'm sure someone has. I don't know. I would be really tempted to, like, have a cool one. I mean, I would definitely have a glamour if I could do it. And it would just be, like, different every day. And I, I feel like that would be so leopards. much work. It's not that I don't care how I look at all, but, like, I don't even like putting on makeup. <laughs> but that's exactly it. Like, it's done in the blink of an eye. It's not work. It's, like, you're not spending hours in front of the mirror putting a face on. You're just, like, boom, snow leopard around my neck. Done. I guess. It still feels like it would have to be mental energy or you'd have to come up with, because I also feel like it's about variety, right? It's not just like, let me decide what I want to look like and then look like that every day. I'd have to keep coming up with ideas. I'd have to spend all my I would love imagination that. doing that. I think that would be You wouldn't so have time to fun. bake. You'd just have to be coming oh, up with new okay. ideas. <laughs> no more banana just... cookies. <laughs> oh my God, Katie, I made banana cookies what? the other day. I did. And you didn't send me <laughs> any? I thought of you. I know, I, it was the first, you'll be so proud of me, it was the first thing I baked in my new kitchen. I am proud of you, but I would love to have tasted one, or 18. Well, next time you're in town, I will make you May something. 15th. What? <laughs> Put on my calendar. <laughs> we can do a, we can do a live podcast recording, or That would be so awesome. Yeah. Bring your spit guard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't go anywhere without it anymore. Just carry it on the plane. 
Oh, okay. Why don't you tell me a joke? And then we will sign off. Okay. Well, two things about this joke. One is my cousins, who I've talked about before, who are 10 and 12, I've been, or we've been watching all the Star Wars movies with them. And I was actually really kind of stressed out at first because they had never seen any of them. And I used to love the original. And I was like, I don't even know. Do you show them in chronological order of release or chronological (laughs) order of story? That's a good question. Right? It starts out real old and then all of a sudden is like modern. And then. (laughs) Yeah. And so I like really debated this for a little bit. But um, we ended up watching them in order of release. So we did four, five, six, one, two, three, seven. And so my joke is based off of that. So why are the Star Star Wars movies in that order? Oh, I don't know. Because in charge of order, Yoda was. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's really good. I need to remember to tell them that. We're finishing the seventh one this week, so I'll have to Aww. tell them that joke. But um, That's adorable. And that was actually one of our mutual friends who told us, or told me that, um, our friend Viz. So. Thanks, Viz. Thanks, Viz, for <laughs> keeping us in jokes. Yep, send send more because I'm pretty close to being out of my go-to jokes. Oh, I have so many good ones left. Okay, good. Maybe you'll have to do them. a couple in a row. <laughs> okay, that's fine. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you them and you can pretend like they're yours. I don't mind. I did. I texted my dad. I said, I need more dad jokes in my life. And oh. he, he sent me a couple. So I have, I have some for my next go as well. He's like, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Alrighty. All right. Okay, so next week we'll do... St- What's it called? Stars, Stars Above. Stars Above. Sounds good. Uh, Can't wait. I just forgot my... Oh, yeah. Five bookworms. <laughs> Go get a library card. M&K Talk YA is produced and edited by Marissa Snyder and Katie Bradford. Original music composition by Timothy Milkey. Logo design by Marissa Snyder. For updates and extras, visit mnktalkya.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And if you haven't already, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. We would like to thank James Tobias, Chad Snyder, Meredith Kelfie, and Michael Howard for all of their support. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.